and welcome to the Stay at Home Mom Power Hour. I am your host, Kristen Joy, and this is the first of hopefully many episodes and series coming in on this brand new podcast. Um, so getting straight to the chase, I am a stay at home mom, right? I've got four kids, all boys, even the animals in our house are boys. So I'm completely outnumbered in this household. I have ADD. I'm also a homeschooling mom. So that actually brings me straight into our first series, homeschooling 101. And it seems like there is a huge exodus lately from the public school system into homeschooling. A lot of it is in the state I'm in. I'm in Oklahoma, which happens to be a unicorn state as far as homeschooling goes. You have freedom. You have the ultimate freedom. It's actually written into our state constitution that you have the right to homeschool. And what this means is that there's freedom to do what is best for your family. This could be religious ideology. It could be political ideology. It could be just lifestyle ideology, whatever it is. There are a ton of reasons why people are jumping ship from the public school system and heading over to homeschooling. It can also be overwhelming. I'm in so many homeschooling groups, obviously. We're in our fourth year now. Never thought I'd actually call myself a veteran homeschooler, but here I am doing the thing. So, especially this time of year, I see so many moms hopping on. I'm overwhelmed. What do I need to do? What are my first steps? What What's the best curriculum? What's the best extracurricular? What's the best uh, co-op? What's the best this, that, that, the other? Okay, so first of all, step number one, very first step. You need to take a step back, sister, okay? You need to take a deep breath. You need to breathe, and you need to repeat after me. I am the perfect parent and the perfect teacher for my child. Say it. No, I'm serious. Say it. Okay. And even if you hire tutors, even if you put them in a co-op three days a week and you homeschool the other two days, that is still being the perfect teacher for your kid because you know what they need. You know what works best for them. This is not a one-size-fits-all. And even within each family, Every kid is going to be different. You might use uh, the same modality for each kid, but you might have slight variations on, on what they do between each child. So take that step back, calm down, and listen to me. All right, today we're going to go through part A. We're going to go through um, determining your teaching style, how to cover your ass, um, what your homeschool looks like, observing your kids, researching, and determining what to teach. It sounds like a lot. It's not. It's not. This should take you one week, one week really, to figure out what's going on. And it's July. A lot of you are panicking because you think you have to start in August, which is usually when the public school system starts. Hey, guess what? The great thing about homeschooling is you can start and stop whenever you see fit. Whatever works for your family is when you will start and when you will stop, okay? So you don't have to start in August. If your kids have been de-schooling for a while, you can start next week. Or if they just finished the public school year and you're gonna start in the next academic year, push it off till September. Push it off till October if you want to. Do a lot of life schooling in between now and then. So anyway, circling back around, what you need to do, first and foremost, is you need to go 
to the HSLDA website. That is the Homeschool Legal Defense Aid website. You can get a membership. I do have a membership. But you can also just go there to see what the regulations are for your state. Again, I live in a unicorn state. They said, you know, just make sure you teach them to read and write and do some math and you're good to go. Okay? No reporting, no recording, no evaluations, nothing. Just go. You might live in a state where... God love you. You have to inform the district every year. You might have to provide evidence of immunizations or submit an exemption. You might have to set up evaluations or have a portfolio and record attendance. You need to find out what those are first um, because that's going to tell you what subjects that you must teach. That's going to tell you what um, records you need to keep, which will help you with your planning stages. It'll also just give you a sense of control by knowing what's expected of you. Because for the first time, homeschoolers, knowing what you feel is expected of you makes a huge difference in your comfort level. Okay, so let's say you've done that. You've gone to the website, you've checked out your regulations, you've written them all down. You're all right. What do we do next? There are so many different homeschooling styles out there. There are so many different types of philosophies. And a lot of them actually intermesh with each other really, really well. Some of them are, you know, completely opposite of each other. So what I'm going to suggest to you is to go to Pinterest or go onto a search engine, you know, DuckDuckGo or something, and just type in homeschool teaching style quiz. It'll pull up a plethora of them. And they're actually really fun to take. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I actually still do it once a year just to see if, you know, my vision and my teaching style has changed at all or if I'm still pretty much, you know, eclectic with a focus on Charlotte Mason style and Waldorf. So go do that. Have fun with it. It'll pull up, you know, what your main percentages are uh, across the board as far as teaching styles go. Now, the main teaching styles are, and we will get into these in another episode, okay? Don't worry. But for now, just know Charlotte Mason, Waldorf, um, unschooling, classical, Montessori method, eclectic. Those are the main ones. There are a lot of subgroups in there. There's some Emilio in there, which is a lot of like question and discussion based. Um, but for the most part, those are the main ones. And then after you do that, and you're probably going to be a mix of a few, I definitely am. Um, you are going to go do some research, go get a Kindle unlimited subscription and see what you can find in there as far as these teaching philosophy books go. And there's actually quite a lot of them. You can go on YouTube and you will find mountains of, um, of videos and tutorials and explanations from people who do Waldorf and who do Charlotte Mason uh, and do classical conversations. And some of them are absolute purists when it comes to their teaching philosophy. And that's it. That's what they do. Others are blending and uh, diffusing, intermeshing a whole bunch of them. And that works perfectly well also. So I say don't get too rigid until you you know what you're comfortable with and you know what works best for you and 
the children that you are teaching. And that's gonna, it's gonna ebb and flow. It's gonna, it might change completely. You don't know. But for now, do that. So step one, go take that quiz, right? Step two, research what your, um, what your answers are. And actually I got that wrong. Step one was go make sure you're up to date on your regulations for your state. Step two is take the quiz. <laughs> Step three is research. All right. After that, after you have done that, um, you can either get yourself a, a really nice, uh, homeschool planner that has vision planning pages in it, or you can just simply sit down after you've done a little research and kind of envision get your get your mimosa your coffee your tea a scone whatever sit down uh send the kids out to play and write down how homeschooling looks for you what is the first vision you see in your head for me when i first started it was cozy chairs lots of books lots of natural light lots of outside time my kids getting their hands in the dirt, really connecting with nature, lots of nature walks and, and uh, applying what we've been reading to what we're seeing out in the natural world. Um, teaching organically, everything kind of in a unit study format where it all, you know, just makes cohesive sense. And that really hasn't changed too terribly much. We have a few nuances here and there. But maybe yours is completely different than mine. Maybe yours is everyone sitting at a desk and you have uh, your time slot for math. And then you have your time slot for reading. You have your time so slot for your seat work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows? Okay, so sit down and write what that looks like to you. Now, here is a little tip I also want you to do because some people get way too up into their heads when it comes to this envisioning and uh, trying to plan out what their homeschooling is going to be. I want you to imagine correcting your children. Um, maybe you're correcting their spelling. Maybe they're having a difficult math problem. Um, even behavioral issues, because it's going to pop up. As much as we want to live in this utopian vision of everyone is so oh, lovey-dovey, it's not going to happen. I hate to say it, but it's not. So when you envision yourself correcting your children, how do you envision it? Do you feel very stern? Is there like finger pointing going on? Are you furrowing your eyebrows? Is your body tensing? Are you leaning into them? Are you pulling them to your side and pointing out the mistakes? When they give you some attitude, how are you envisioning yourself correcting that? Are you talking with them? Are you disciplining them? Is there a very authoritarian type going on? Is there authoritative? Are you just letting it go? Your parenting style will also influence your teaching style. You'll learn to separate them a little more, and you'll also learn to improve your parenting style because of your teaching. Again, we'll talk about that later, but you're going to be amazed at the type of parent you become because you have to also be their teacher. <laughs> if you thought you had patience before, oh, just wait, sister. <laughs> just wait. You are going to need a buttload more of patience than you ever thought possible. <laughs> All right. So getting back to it, write down that vision you have for your homeschool. 
you can even make a vision board if you want to go on to canva and make like a, a free little vision board it's awesome i love vision boards are fantastic while you're doing all of this you should also be in the background observing your children Okay, so this is step number five, but it's also just rolled into everything else you're doing. See, we're already doing the holistic thing, right? Everything's organic. And watch what they're doing during their de-schooling process. Now, if you haven't been de-schooling, we will discuss that in the next episode, but it's very, very important that you de-school your children. Okay, two weeks is not going to cut it. I made that mistake in the beginning and it was absolutely awful. Your children are going to need at least two, if not three, straight months of completely de-schooling when it comes to to getting them ready to homeschool because it's such a transition, especially if they've been in the school system for more than two years. You know, they have it programmed into their head how school works in a certain way. They have an idea of what to do, what to say, what to wear, how to behave. You're going to have to undo all of that. Not because it's bad, but because it is so exponentially different because that is a public school environment. This is your home environment where you happen to be schooling. Okay. So those kids are going to need to de-school while they're de-schooling, which means not doing anything school related, no workbooks, nothing. Um, Watch what they gravitate towards. They will surprise you they will automatically start gravitating towards things that intrigue them, that they want to learn about. If you allow it to happen, they will show you through their play, through their interests, exactly the best way to teach them, the best way to engage with them, the best way to discipline them. But you have to observe. And it's nuanced. It does take a little bit of finesse. I'm not going to lie to you, but you will get better at it. They will show you. So during the de-schooling process, my oldest obsessed with space and it all started with Star Wars. Okay. But I mean, he was a Star Wars fanatic and then that kind of led to jet propulsions and, you know, anti-gravity and engine power (laughs) and exploring new places. And I could see where this was heading. And it's four years later, and the dude is still obsessed with space. And he is on the SpaceX train, and he is certain at nine years old that Elon Musk is going to be his boss one day, and he is going to help colonize Mars. Lord love him. My third one, who is starting to just get into the kindergarten phase, he is totally different. He's very earthbound. All right. And his method of play is literally observation. You can't force that kid to do anything. But when he's ready, all of a sudden he will bring to you what interests him or what he wants to learn. And he learns by copying and observing. And it's amazing. It is truly, truly amazing what your children will show you simply through their play. So I encourage you to just take a few steps back, try to let go of that control that us parents have because we have built up our expectations so much in our head that we get in our own way. All right. So be doing that. Take notes. If you have to note, saving will save your life, especially in your first two years of homeschooling. The more notes you can take, 
the better and easier your life will be because you can come back to those and you won't feel overwhelmed about things. Okay, so after you've done everything I outlined before, HSLDA, cover your ass, Uh, determine your teaching style, researching the teaching style, envisioning your homeschool. Now it's time to start looking for curriculum, okay? You do not have to use a curriculum. Um, I follow some people who are complete unschoolers. They're the only curriculum per se that they use are ones that their kids specifically request. Maybe a science box or they want math workbooks, things like that. I also know parents on the other side of the spectrum where it is like an all-in-one boxed curriculum and it is just follow point A, B, C, D all the way down the line. I'm somewhere in the middle here. I do a lot of unit studies around the kids' interest, but we also do have a curriculum that we follow with an ebb and flow. And if I find out it's not working for us or they get bored of it, we switch to something else. That doesn't mean we might go buy a whole new curriculum, but maybe we'll switch how we're doing math. Maybe we'll switch up some of the books we're reading, but we'll still keep the same format of copywork, journal entry, storytelling, as far as that goes. Really, my only non-negotiables are language arts and math. Math has to be formal in in some aspect once they hit second and third grade. And language arts also, again, once they hit second and third grade, has to be formalized in some aspect. Other than that, we we can go with the flow, you know? This is where you also need to take into account your political and religious and lifestyle beliefs. You shouldn't. You shouldn't, okay? I will say that, but I understand there are reasons why people absolutely will not go one way or the other. And I personally feel that is lockstepping you into divisiveness on both sides, mind you. On both sides. This is not a left or right thing. This is a just do what's best for your kids thing. Okay. Um, because I started off strictly secular. I was like, we, you know, we had stopped going to church. Um, I, I'm an anthropologist. And so I found myself having a lot of issues with things, but at the, you know, uh, so I was like very, Oh no, 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 no mention of God. We're going to say universe. So, you know, we'll say God in the abstract. Long story short, I found that there were some lightly religious curriculums that worked better for my kids. They were more gentle. Um, They had really great handicrafts mixed in with them. And, you know, we just kind of passed over the things that I didn't feel were pertinent to our family. The Good and the Beautiful is also another one. A lot of people are like, oh, no, it's Christian. Yeah, it is. But you know what? You can swap out words or omit words very easily. You can turn it into a, a, a talking point or a lesson. Don't box yourself in. That is my suggestion. All right. If if you want to maintain a certain uh, viewpoint or ideology, then simply have a talking point along with it or just omit it. It's not that big a deal. But if you find something works better for your kid simply because of what the curriculum is or what the style is, then do that. Just do it. Okay. We still use Blossom and Root, which is strictly secular. We also have used uh, the Peaceful Press, 
which is Christian. We just don't do all the Bible reading stuff. We use the good and the beautiful. It's very light Christian. I say God, whatever. Sometimes I'll switch it around and I'll say the universe. No big deal. We also use build your library, strictly secular. So there's a good mix there. And I feel that while it's important to keep your ideologies or your viewpoints of the world or your religion, it's also equally as important to do what is best for your kid because that's the whole point of you pulling them out of the public school system or private, but most of you are coming from a public school system because you want to do what's best for them. All right. Also, I would say go to the Kathy Duffy review. All right. And that is where you're going to be able to go to several, several different types of uh, curriculums. I'm actually typing it in right now. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I had that right. <laughs> had to make sure I said this, said it right. Yeah. Homeschool reviews, Kathy Duffy. So C-A-T-H-Y-D-U-F-F-Y, Kathy Duffy. So many different types of curriculums to review. Grade level packages, foreign language, science, history, geography, math, composition, and grammar, the whole nine yards. It's amazing. You could be there for hours going through it, but I recommend it. I really, really do. Okay, so now that you've done that, we're coming back around, right? And it's time to determine what to teach. We are almost done with this episode, I promise you. And um, then we'll be moving on to the next episode. So you're going to determine what to teach. Are you just sticking with the basics? Reading, writing, spelling, math. Um, you know, are you throwing in any other subjects, science, history, social studies, geography? Are you throwing in electives, foreign language, fine arts, art, music, da-da-da-da, cooking, nature time, farming, homesteading, whatever. You need to list out what's important to you, what your absolute non-negotiables are or what your non-negotiables have to be, and what else you want to fit in. Now, I know in the beginning, it, you can be very, very ambitious. And even after four years, I still get very ambitious at the beginning of every school year. So I'm like, woohoo, yeah, we're this year, we're going to do this and this and this. And then reality sets in and half the time, by the time we get to like, you know, March, we're down to the bare basics, <laughs> but we're still trying. <laughs> so for example, for me, my absolute non-negotiables are math. Uh, literature and writing, language arts. Those are my absolute non-negotiables. What we do on a loop schedule is science, history, geography, social studies. Those we loop. So like twice a week we do science, twice a week we do uh, history or geography, social studies, whatever. Um, and then uh, once a week, we also fill in our fine arts. So we do French on one or two days and we do music on another day we do cooking on another day and we do art on one or two days as well which usually correspond with some other projects we're doing as far as our literature goes um so once you get that down 
that'll help you start filling in the gaps as far as what you want to do for your curriculum as well. You may have to fill in the gaps. You may have to get some supplemental workbooks or um, supplemental programs for that. You might have to hire somebody out. You might have to get a piano teacher. You may uh, choose to enlist the knowledge of a French tutor. You may choose to just use Rosetta Stone or your own knowledge. Um, for art, you might choose to enlist uh, and enroll one of your kids in an art class like we do, and that takes care of his art for the week. I know he's getting art. No big deal. He chooses to work on more art projects at home. Um, but for the most part, that's what we do for him. Do you have to do PE? Or do you consider playing PE? My kids play. They rough and tumble every single day. We're out at a park almost every single day. Um, splash pads. One of them takes gymnastics. These kids are getting a lot of exercise. We go on hikes and nature walks. PE is not a problem for my kids. It might be a problem for your kids. Maybe they just naturally don't like to go outside. Maybe they aren't very active. Maybe you live in an area where the weather is absolute shit and you just don't want to be out in it completely understandable also because the summers here in Oklahoma suck. I'm not even gonna lie. They are horrendous. And so we have to find accommodations with that. <gasps> that just gave me an idea for another episode. Cool. Anyway, um, so there we are. Just to recap real quick, homeschooling 101, your first steps to getting started to having a uh, calm, collected, easy year is Go to the HSLDA. All right. Check out your regulations. Uh, determine your teaching style. You need to research that teaching style or teaching styles. See what your homeschool vision is. Observe your kids. Research your curriculum. And then determine what to teach and what supplements you're going to bring in. After that, in the next episode, we're going to get into planning and deprogramming ourselves and our expectations surrounding homeschool. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I have to go. My children are looking at me demanding lunch. There's always lunch to be had. Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time.